this week on Invasion of the Podcast, we say goodbye to the most interesting man in the world. Paul and I play light ball catch as we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. And I make Joe a mixtape. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I, uh, sorry, <laughs> I was going to say to my left, I'm going to do this this way. Joe, do you have any tape, Peters? <laughs> and then you'll be like, scotch tape? Like, why'd you ask for scotch tape? Like, I don't have that. What was yeah. the whole re- like the whole thing? Like, why'd was, you even ask about why that? Why would you? The scotch tape is very specific. Yeah. And then, then I'm Paul. No, shut up. You're crying, Stedman, which is not a quote in the movie, just how I felt in the last 20 minutes of that movie. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I was wiping tears away from my face, and I I looked over at Mary, and she was, like, moments away from a full-on, like, just, like, you know, downspout of mm-hmm. sad. Uh, it's How weird is it that these superhero movies are just coming at you in the third act at the feels, man? Like, Logan ended on a note whew, like that. Yeah. Guardians ended on a note like that, you know? It's like... Yeah, and we'll talk more about that, too, because, I mean, I knew... Uh, whatever. we the They did something there that you're supposed to do with the sequel... It just it hit me harder than I was expecting, and I don't know why. But we'll, I don't we'll talk th- about it hit that. me, but it didn't hit me that hard. Um, we'll talk about it. Did you just like shed like a, like a single tear, or was it like no tears at all? Like, uh, no, no, there's no tears. No, Joe's a real man. He doesn't doesn't. No, cry. I've 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 cried in movies before. Was it Logan? Did you cry at Logan? I did get a little emotional. At Logan. Logan was tough. That was that was yeah. a rough one to get through. Uh, yeah, so um, that we'll talk more about Guardians 2 here in, in, in a minute. Uh, spoiler alert, there's going to be, well, actually... Lots of spoilers that we already yeah. spoiled. Well, no, we didn't spoil that much. Yeah, Do you know no. why they are called spoilers? Oh, no, a movie in which something sad happens a little bit, and then we're... Well, then, we never said it was sad. We just said... We kinda, oh, that's true. Yeah. It could have been happy tears. could have been happy tears. And, yeah, then, then Mary was moments away from laugh crying in the theater. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, real quick, we free comic book day was oh, this past yeah, weekend. This weekend was free comic book day. If you guys missed it, don't worry. You have three hundred and sixty four, three hundred no, three hundred and sixty two days till the next year. So yeah, so we were at Carol and John's in uh, West Park in Cleveland. <laughs> Uh, West Park, no, Camps Corner. Camps Corner, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, and Joe was uh, taskmastering it up and walking around. It was hard to do Taskmaster this time because the rain was very constricting. Um, I didn't get my my costume set up right the way I wanted to. The cape was choking me half of the night. So, And I, I feel like part of that's my fault because I had drank uh, two of the brew kettle beers that were brought there as part of the whole thing. They, they had a, uh, a Power Man, uh, a black IPA, and... Um, a Iron Fist uh, pale ale, not pale ale. Yeah, uh, it was a pale ale. Was it a pale ale? Yeah, anyway, yeah. I, I drank both of them quickly because the artwork's awesome. If you put them side by side, they're like kind of fist bumping or high fiving, so it's great because they're friends. But I drank them both real quickly on an empty stomach, so I'm helping Joe get his costume on, and definitely things weren't adding up. Like you know, as ah, as the evening went on, so big deal. Yeah, uh, so I, I it do. was harder to maneuver there because it wasn't like a convention floor where it's a little more open. 
you know, like yeah. it felt like we could kind of venture to an area that would be easy to walk around. Um, I like when we were standing in the store, I was literally tucked in, like holding my shield, like I. And then at one point, I know I walked by and I bumped something with my sword, and somebody fixed it. I felt really bad because <laughs> like I had my sword slung across my back and it's hanging out a little bit, and I'm just like, ah. And then um, my shame. This will redeem you for. Uh, uh, the dazzler for the dazzler oh. was uh who was it was it was your buddy was, did you know i didn't know oh yeah my, my buddy uh danny he was uh dressed up as uh like a peter parker slash yes. like um spawn not spawn no he was uh, venom. Uh, venom well he it was it, he was peter parker he was the the black suit emo peter parker from spider-man 3 that's yeah. what really threw me off because i was like nobody would dress up like that no nah, he would and, and it's awesome and uh and like well the other thing that kind of threw me off was like he had a name badge that said press and the photo was an animated photo from like Spider-Man the animated series and and I didn't read it cuz it was like really small but the photo the the guy in the photo had like blonde hair. Oh. So I was like, "Oh, he's got to be Eddie Brock cuz Peter doesn't have blonde hair." So I was like, "Okay, he's got he must have an Eddie Brock press badge." And I I couldn't I see mean, it. I mean, which would make it. sense for what yeah. you're thinking. And yeah. then plus he's got the Venom symbiote on there and and then I was just like cuz he wanted to get a picture. I was like, "Oh, yeah, absolutely." And then I was like, "Anything for Eddie Brock." And he's like, "It's Peter Parker." I was like, "Oh my god, I I was like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I felt You should so have been bad. like, "Thanks Skeletor" and walked away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, "Well, whatever. Enjoy your Skeletor picture." Yeah. I mean, but like that almost feels like that's something Eddie Brock would be upset about too, but like, you know, or no, Peter Parker, like because it's just like Eddie Brock be like, "I want to be Parker so well, bad." Well, it was Peter Parker yeah. and, and if he if he stayed in character, he probably would have punched me. That's true. That um, would have been all angry cuz of the yeah. dark suit. But I felt bad yeah. cuz I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I and uh um it was a good time. They had a uh, they had a lot of artists there. Um, yeah, uh, Jeff, who was on the show last week, mm-hmm. and again, thank you, Jeff, for coming on. That was a lot of fun. Uh, he was there uh, doing sketches the first night, and I bought one of his Modoc prints. I will put it up. It's awesome. I love it. I really um, wish I had three hundred dollars to get that Modoc print. Yeah, that relief was awesome. I like the the physicalness of it. Was what really impressed me. Like the 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 carving. And yeah, I think that would have looked sweet on the wall. Yeah, it is really sweet. But I mean, I, I got the print, so not. I mean, it's not three hundred dollars, but I, I, I value my print. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve was there uh, doing selling his Groot print. That was Mr. Amazing. Satur- Saturday Night Slasher. Yeah, um, yeah, that Groot print was really cool. Um, it was funny because I, um, I told you before the show, like, uh, um, I was standing in line. I think I was standing in line. No, I wasn't standing in line. I was waiting for you or my fiance or somebody, but I was just kind of standing around doing taskmaster things, like observing everyone. <laughs> like just tasks. Yeah. Like, and actually were you assigning tasks. My whole, my whole plan now is that I can draw like everyone in that room. <laughs> so yeah. next year I'm just going to show up as taskmaster and draw everything. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you don't need Jeff Ritchie's relief. You're just going to oh, go ahead and make it yourself. You weren't there. This, it was funny. I was walking in and the, there were a group of people were like, yeah, taskmaster. And I was like, I was like, I, I was nodding and smiling. And then this one guy was like, I don't know who that is. And this guy's like he's like oh he's so cool like he can watch you and then he just basically can just copy anything you can do and i turned around i was like i'm watching you and i did one of these with the eyes with the eyes eyes pointing at him like i'm watching you but uh and they were like oh but um no when i was standing in line there was a couple uh like like off to the left of me somewhere and they were talking about steve's print and um, they thought it was really cool that because of he did the mashup of um, say anything and well uh, yeah it's Baby Groot holding up the actual the, the Walkman uh, the Walkman and, and the pose of like yeah. say anything with uh, John Cusack but they were they were like they were like oh look at that and they they totally got the the say anything reference which which I think like there were probably some younger people there who probably were like that's oh, just old new 
On the Walkman. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and Steve called me out, uh, which I appreciate. Like, as he's there, he's <laughs> like, oh, he's like, I was listening to the last episode, and he talked about how artists let's mash up two things. He's like, as I'm making this, and I will argue his is different, and it's, it's not what I mean. What I mean is the Walkman was already established. The throwback, like, with the music was already there. And it's Groot, and he's tiny. So mm-hmm. instead of having a jukebox, you have him just hold the Walkman, and it it it, it pays homage without being so and direct. Like it's just like if you don't know, you don't know. If you do know, it's awesome. Well, and the cool thing about that too is I think like I feel like that type of um, uh, like the print he did. I feel like that probably would have been in the movie. If somebody would like, it would have fit perfectly in the movie. Yeah, if like, the Peter Gabriel song "In Your Eyes" would have played at some point, it right. would have been perfect to have him hold it above his head. Right, because yeah. like, like he, he, um, uh, like, like, like that sounds like something that they would do. Because like in the beginning of Guardians, when you know Groot plugs in the thing and the theme song's playing, like that would almost be like, okay, here's here's another '80s reference for you in yeah. this movie, you know, so. So yeah, so Steve, that what you did is not what I meant, but I love it and I want one. Yeah. Like that was so cool. And uh, also, I want to mention too, there was a young lady there on Saturday named Lisa. I believe that was her first name. She has an Etsy store and a website called SleepyRobot13.com. Uh, it's SleepyRobot13.com. And I don't, Joe, I don't know if you saw like the little tiny little gray robot guys that were there. Like uh, they're about I, like like an inch and a half, two inches tall or whatever. Like they're sitting kind of like in different poses and they're different themes. I saw the Fantastic Four ones she had for the art show. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, Mary got a, a Joker one that has like a Joker face, but it's also <laughs> holding a little tiny Batman. So it's kind of, it's creepy, but kind of cute. And then she did a, a, a drawing of Rocket that's amazing. So I just want to give a shout out to her. She has an Etsy store. If you like, I just talked about mashups. She, they, they do these little robots, but they then then attached to something meaning like there's one that looks like it's cosplaying as iron man because it has like the helmet mm-hmm. like up and it's like holding the little repulsor right in its hand or whatever it's like it's a, it's it's your own thing you know mm-hmm. and, and as opposed to just being like i'm just going to make prints of things that you know it's 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 a uh, an art form it's like um little statues so check it out yeah. it, was, it was awesome i feel bad because like i wanted to get something from uh ryan finley because he had um a bunch of stuff up there like it was a, a bunch of stickers with his art style yeah, and um, he had a couple Spider Mans I really thought were cool, and then he had a Chief Wahoo, which I was like, oh, I need some Chief Wahoo stuff. Well, I could tell you where you can get some of that at. There is a shop uh, on Madison and Lakewood called Ice Cream Joy that they have a little. Uh, it's a little turnstile thing, like you know how where you used to put magazines or comics in. Mm-hmm. There's one that's like a little four sided bit that has his artwork in it. They go oh, cool. buy prints of. Jeff has some prints there. He has uh, some of the Dwight Schrute stuff there. So you can go in. Get some ice cream, get some coffee, and buy some prints. What's it called? Ice Cream Joy. It's right beside Fierce Confections. They actually share a door Why in the middle do of the store. I feel like I've never heard of this. I feel like I should have. Anyway. Yeah, so there you go. There's no, a shot. It's not Madison. Yeah. I know where Fierce is. Yeah, yeah. so it's um, right there. Okay. So if you want to pick up, I'm sure I'm sure the Cleveland stuff's there because that makes sense. Oh so, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll make a trip out this weekend. Maybe you guys should make a trip out this yeah. weekend. Well, they advertised vegan donuts the other day, and I was like, I want to check out what a vegan donut is. And by the time I got there, they were gone. So I just got a coffee and it was wonderful. Man. Yeah, so I I don't know why I think a vegan donut would be better for me than a regular donut. I feel like it's probably still just as bad for you, but like it doesn't involve anti-vegan donuts like like vegans that were alive or not vegans donuts that were alive. <laughs> like you had to hunt them down. Yeah, that's where the hole is. That's where you stabbed them. Well, I like, well I wouldn't do that. I mean, I'd probably round the donuts up in like a pen first and let them like just kind of sit there for a while. Do you cook them like lobsters then? Do you just, yeah, like, you just yeah, but you gotta let them. You gotta let them sit in captivity for a long time to get them real tender. 
That's yeah, that makes sense. And All then the you vegans just feed them, are gonna you just feed them custard the entire now. time. Yeah, I like it. Like here, have some Boston cream. Why? Just keep eating donut. It's fine. Yeah, I love that South Park with the veal up where the the baby deer or the baby deer, the baby cows have those big like eyes, big doughy eyes, and they're like, yeah, they look so sad. <laughs> just I'm just picturing donuts like that now. I like it. I, I would eat one. I, I, would, I would not I feel would, bad about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, free comic book day. That it was fun. Uh. Yeah, I go like they they had awesome. I'm sure they could probably still even buy them now. They had great uh, prints of uh, Star Wars yeah. uh, for the free comic book day print they do. Um, um, what was I gonna say? Uh, they probably still have those, and they probably still have some free comic books still there. Yeah, because um, I know like in the years past, they've they've had leftovers that just kind of you know they're when they're gone, they're gone. So even if it isn't that day, they still have some. So you know if you pop in there, just check. Um, I don't know what you picked up. I grabbed, I did grab that Star Trek uh, mirror broken <laughs> for one of my buddies. Um, the one with the really buff, uh, the really evil buff Picard, e- evil Picard, yeah. yeah. And then um, uh, I picked up the Street Fighter one. I picked up, uh, I picked up the Rick and Morty one. The Rick and Morty one. I picked up um, the Secret Empire one, which um, I'll talk about here in a second. Was was it's, that's the only one I've read so far? I picked up the Scotty Young I Hate Image. Which yeah. was actually pretty funny. Okay, um, I read some of that. I started reading some of that today before I came over. Uh, and then there was like one other one I think I picked up. Oh, the Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Uh, I picked up the Wonder Woman one, but the the Secret Empire one, which was like a tie into the Secret Empire event that's going on, and I and like I well, they dropped a pretty big story bit in the free comic book one. They they did, but like I can't stand uh, what's the guy's name Adrian Adrian or Adria Sorrentino, I think. Uh, he does the artwork for it. Okay. He did Old Man Logan when they brought Old Man Logan back after Millar did it during Secret Wars. I can't stand his art, and I don't. I don't like to like kind of bash on artists because in no way am I a professional artist. But like, I can never tell what is going on when that guy is drawing comics. <laughs> like, it, there's just something about like, and his art style is is unique. I'll give him that. And I, you know, it, it's almost like a, a weird shaded watercolor with like not not almost any hard lines or anything like that that's odd so it's it's hard to explain but like they had him do the art and there was like three or four panels where there was supposedly action going on and i'm just like i don't know what's happening right now and well consider we just had that talk about kirby last week about how he was like the the pinnacle for drawing action and power right you know not that i'm saying everybody's art style has to be the same well, I mean, you he, have a pretty good playbook to pull from. He's had some good panels in, because like, like when he did Old Man Logan, there'd be some where you turn the page and it's very violent. You can obviously tell there's an explosion of blood and claws are hitting people. But then there's times when dialogue's going on or even there's small panels where something's supposed to be happening and it's just like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, but no, uh, you know, if anybody can't get out to Free Comic Book Day, or Free Comic Book Day, free, <laughs> to get a hold of this free comic book, hit spoiler alert. Do you know why they are called spoilers? <laughs> Captain America and all his Hydra fascism was uh, able to pick up Mjolnir at the end of the comic. Uh, and Nick Spencer went on to say that it's, it's legit. He he has Mjolnir. So I guess you could say evil Cap has Mjolnir, which is scary. Well, they, they, they went on to say that like the idea of worthiness is something they're going to go into. So yeah. it's like, are you worthy to wield the hammer? Doesn't necessarily mean that you're good. It just you know? means you're worthy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what all that means, but, but that's it, it, it's interesting. It at was least. pretty. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty interesting. But Secret Secret Empires, uh, it's going strong. Um, I wrote a post about it today. I was talking about to uh, Darren about um, uh, DC's uh, spinoff that they're starting with Nightwing doing something similar to Civil War. 
and uh, I had to just, you know just butt in about Secret Empires like a breath of fresh air after. Uh, and not that it's like mind blowing because it's only about three issues in, but it's a breath of fresh air after uh, Civil War Two and um, Secret or Secret Wars. Oh, okay. So there you go. That's that's your free comic book day update. Uh, I'm sure we'll have another one next year. You know, uh, maybe maybe we'll draw prints. It's just going to be like this stick figure Spider Man. Here you go. This stick figure is Aquaman. <laughs> that one has a, a trident. Yeah. Like th- that's you know just I, give him a trident. I, I would love to be able to be like, oh, what do you what, what kind of character do you, you want a Batman? And just do a stick figure with like little pointy ears. And yeah. Like, there you go. Yeah. What? It's a free print. What do you want? Superman just drawn S. It's just. <laughs> Like our line, or would give him the curly hair, the curl, yeah. the curl in his hair. I would love it because like our line would move fast, but it'd be the most disappointing <laughs> line ever. Fast. We should set something up, be like fast lane. Yeah, like, boom. It's like if you guys have time to wait, we want? can make some really shitty drawings. It'd be great, you know. Like, oh, what's you, you want a dark hawk? Okay, great. Here, you want another dark hawk? We'll just that's all. I'll just make dark hawks over and over again. I was thinking about it though. It's like if you're going to do prints, you might as well practice drawing Harley Quinn over and over again because mm. it feels like that's the thing everybody wants or. Um, well, right now because of Guardians, but I felt like Batman Harley, Batman Harley. I really wanted to like kind of poke around the artist gallery more and see what people were requesting because I know that's always one of the fun things when I have conversations with uh, Steve. I'll be like, be like, so what's the craziest thing people have come up to ask you to draw? You know, just like I'm just curious because it's it's pretty much fair game. Like I remember uh he said somebody wanted a video game character he'd never heard of and it was just a guy with kind of an army hat <laughs> and i was like well that was easy well, he's like it was easy but i'm just like i'm like you, you know. there, there was someone near steve i forget who it was but they were looking through their phone and flipping it back and forth and i know they were using it for reference a lot of the um, a lot of the artists did because i remember yeah. when we had uh um was what was his name uh rashid abdul. no abdul i forget abdul, I forget his full name. abdul rashid he did uh um, Darkhawk for us. Yeah. And, you know, he looked up Darkhawk, you know, so. But uh, this guy, he was flipping back and forth and he was drawing a Reinhardt. And it was just like one of those things where it's like, I don't know if he knew who Reinhardt was, but his the one he, he was drawing was awesome. And it's like, yeah. I almost want to been like, can I just have that? that would be well, great. if you look at Reinhardt, because we got a little Funko Reinhardt right here. Reinhardt definitely has like Darkhawk's helmet on. Absolutely. I love, like, I, the brief aside, I of of Overwatch, and I'm sure we talk about Blizzard all the time, even though Reinhardt isn't always the tank I run with, I love everything about Reinhardt. I, I love his look. I love his attitude. Something about like that kind of um, like like steampunk tech kind of. It's not even steampunk. It it's is like, a steampunk tech kind of in a sense where like he has a hammer that has thrusters on it, which is, makes no sense. No, like you like you swing the hammer and apparently you need jet thrusters on the back of it to make it swing harder. That like, makes it badass. That, you know? that I mean, that is a very steampunky thing. And then he has a rocket on his back, and it's just like he he's basically just a steam knight, and I and I I love it, and I love his attitude. He's always just up upbeat and ready to go, mm-hmm. and I love the look at him. I love the look of him. Yeah, and I love to look at him. So anyway, he's so dreamy. He is dreamy. He's so um, dreamy. Dreamy and German, look, just like look, David Hasselhoff. You look no. in that one eye. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so free comic book day is a lot of fun. Uh, if you if you didn't get to go, go to a comic book shop anyway. I'm sure there's awesome things for you to go get. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it because that weekend was kind of was kind of that. I kind of slept in, and I didn't do much else. Honestly, yeah, it was kind of a kind Saturday. of a big night. What did I do on Sunday? I did my typical crap on Sunday, like. Like your grown-up stuff? Grown-up stuff. It's like, you know, grocery shopping. Attaching and, leather patches to a tweed jacket, sitting in with the... I did start working on another costume. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that will actually tie into news. Let's go ahead and get there. Good news! 
Hooray! everyone. Hooray! Hooray denied. Thought we would just get like a few weeks without any sad news. Oh, I was about to say, I'm going to reset the counter now that with the days without not hitting buttons correctly. Oh, we, we I were, was going to fix it in post. It was we, were good. In, we were in the hundreds now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I feel like we're getting like we talked about this at the beginning of the year, how like 2016 was the evilest year ever. Everyone hates 2016 because it killed all kinds of people. Um, we're, we're, so, someone made the comment. It's like maybe, maybe we just didn't deserve David Bowie anymore. I love, I love that idea. It's just like it's just like it's almost like the Santa Claus thing. Like you guys didn't believe you and you had to go be- away. You guys yeah. stopped believing in Bowie um, and Wonka and all. Any anyway, uh, no. But like we're getting into this this time where it's, yeah, a lot of our favorite people are going to start passing away because they're getting to that age. Um, but uh, do you want to start with the most interesting man, or you want to start with uh, what's his name, Stan? <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> I don't remember his last name. It's Stan we'll, something. Okay, well, we'll start with Stan, then we'll we'll mention uh, the other guy. I so feel Stan, bad now. Yeah, you're just like the, uh, <laughs> Stan, Stanley Weston. I knew it started with a W. Yeah. He was a, a creator of GI Joe, a co-creator of Thundercats. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I feel bad. I did not know this guy's what is name. That? What is that video of? I don't know. Oh, it's that's the Thundercats, Thundercats intro. Yeah. Um, I did not know this guy. Like, I like in terms of, I've talked a lot of times on the show about like you got to recognize the, the people that make the things that you love, and I could go through and rattle off a name like five or six names right now. I didn't know this guy influenced a lot of the stuff I like because GI Joe's. Hey, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, go for it. Is Britt Manning one of those people? Uh, yeah, she has made things that have influenced my life in such amazing ways. <laughs> Brit, Brit, uh, Marling, and Batman, Marling. and and Batman, Did whatever his Manning? name is. Who knows? Batman, well, Batman, well, is that who? That, I don't know. His the, name the, is. the other guy behind the OA. Um, man, we brought up. We're bringing it up again. It's going to show up. That's season two is going to magically. Happen. We're going to watch season two. Yeah, maybe that's what we should do instead of Batman for Superman. <laughs> Just, just drunk watch all the OA. I have a it feeling would, it would kill me. I feel like if we drunk watched the OA season two, we would break things in our house. I want to believe that halfway through we would start dancing, and then, but then towards the end we'd just be like passed out and sad. I feel like it would have an opposite effect on us, and we'd start fighting each other like drunkenly, <laughs> like for no reason. You guys would just hear a scuffle, and the mics fall over and be like, "No, f you, no, no." no. But there wouldn't be actually any fist fights. It'd be a dance fight, is what it would be. Yeah, we'd just be doing like I'd be like fifth position. Don't like, say that. Uh, yeah, when we're don't say that. No? Okay. <laughs> you don't want me to say fifth position while I'm in a room alone with Joe. <laughs> Drinking. <laughs> Third position. Anyway, uh, back, anyway, back yeah. to the news. Stanley uh, Winston. <laughs> you're you're going to say Stan Winston, and he's been gone for a while. I was going to say Stan oh, Winston. Stanley, Stanley Weston. Weston. Yeah. Uh, he was a, I, like, aside from Thundercats, which, I mean, that's great. It's People still love it. It. <laughs> It didn't have long legs in terms of like the cartoon lasting a long time. I think it's the intro music and the animation yeah. that people remember. Uh, the toys were cool. I mean, it's I just, thought the concept was cool. When it I was, was it was a cool concept, but I mean, it's a good team concept. Yeah, like, you know, you uh, had the 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 young leader who was destined to lead, who kind of really couldn't. <laughs> well, but you know, I, there was a there was a thing there with like eighties kids shows that were like this, like He Man. <laughs> Thundercats. Um, trying to think, what else? Um, Silverhawks. Silverhawks. Um, um, uh, Transformers. Lone Star wasn't that the the one. The Lone the, Star. Lone Star is pretty cool. I remember yeah. that one. Vaguely. But they all had like badass intros, right? They had, yeah. Like, oh, sweet oh, music yeah. and, and the animation. Oh, do you remember the intro for Cops? 
Yes. That was cool. I watched that show, and I don't remember anything about it, but the intro was awesome. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about that show. But, but, but the, like the production budget for the intro is like 100 times more than the show <laughs> right. itself. And I feel like the, all the people are like, no, the kids are going to watch the intro even, and get excited. Even the credits when the chief is like, roll call, and he's just hitting everybody. I'm like, yeah, that guy, that guy. Yeah. So I feel like <clears throat> Thundercats survives because the music's catchy, and then there's that whole call of thunder, thunder, yeah. thunder. You know, And the G.I. Joe thing is all, I mean, that is the epitome of like, well, we're out of out of man's. Let's make up another man, and we could sell a toy based on it. Right. And the fact that this guy, like I just mentioned, I saw here at the end of the the story, uh, Weston was among the first ever class for the licensing industry hall of fame, which I did not know that was a thing. Hmm. Uh, alongside, uh, alongside, alongside, whatever. <laughs> the wheels are falling off earlier, folks. The likes of Walt Disney, George Lucas, and Jim Henson. Those are three really big names. And then, yeah. you know, so I feel like he was I've just... I've heard those guys. Yeah. And um, and Stanley Weston was associated with that in terms of marketing and selling toys. Like, that's... Ultimately, I know this is why this stuff exists. I like but, this, this yeah. picture. It looks like uh, this this jet is actually a bracer that Duke is wearing. Yeah, he's it's, it's his jet arm, you he's know. He's pointing and it's flying. Um, yeah. But... I, yeah, I just feel like it's important. Poor Scarlet. <laughs> like, yeah, she's blocked in the background. And she still like thing. The the more things change, right? The more yeah. they stay the same. Uh, so I, it's sad that he's gone. I feel like this is one of those things that I probably should have known before now and should have appreciated it before now. But it's important to note that someone that created a thing that we all love is now gone and appreciate the impact that they had on on cartoons and marketing and just I mean. My generation will never not forget the the knowing is half the battle, like no, the yeah. GI Joe call, you know. Yeah, so, the PSAs, the the yeah. original PSAs. Um, yeah. So so, yeah. and then the other person that had passed away was uh, the most interesting man in the world, the real one, Michael Parks, uh, who seventy seven seventy seven years old, um, whom we've talked about on the show before, uh, who was a tremendous actor. Uh, that probably wasn't um, on a lot of people's radars, but he he was definitely a a cult favorite actor of um, Quentin Tarantino's and Kevin Smith's uh, in a lot of their movies. And um, he played he I don't want to say breakout role because I, I guess <laughs> I guess it was, but he played uh, Texas Ranger Earl McGraw in From Dusk Till Dawn and um, uh, Planet Terror Grindhouse. Wasn't it? But it was the same character in Kill Bill. Same characters okay yeah but that was his breakout in from dust till dawn and he and it's really weird because it's kind of retconned because he dies in from dust till dawn he gets shot in the back of the head right in the beginning of the movie and then he pops up in kill bill and he pops up in uh grindhouse uh so like they retconned it in a sense though that looks like you know he was such a cool character they just couldn't get rid of him and i think it's tarantino if someone wants to be alive they're alive right you know? and i think my favorite role he did was he played um bill's dad esteban vejo yeah, he did double duty. In, he did uh, double Bill, duty yeah. in Kill Bill, and because I guess like Tarantino had somebody lined up to play that guy, and like either the guy was running late or something happened where he was just like, you know what, Michael Parks do it, and this, and he just crushed it. So and, um, he was in Hateful Eight too. He was the stagecoach driver, I think. Wasn't no, no, that wasn't him. No, he. Well, he was in it though, wasn't he? Was it for like a second? I, don't, I can't remember. I I don't um, think he was in. I. I will no, say his son was a stagecoach driver. That's right. His son was a stagecoach um, driver. Um, but 
he the reason we say he's the most interesting man in the world is if you go on his IMDb and you look up like a lot of his achievements like he just has just this random list of just manly things that he's done like he worked as he he made caskets for a living he played triple a baseball and was a pitcher you know he he wrote held, songs he wrote yeah. songs he had uh some type of uh, was it a triathlon or a decathlon uh record or something like that something. just yeah. just random thing like i feel like he just went from like like achievement to achievement in life and there was no rhyme or reason he, he was the fourth person on the moon that's yeah. probably not true yeah. but you believe it he because, was just yeah. like i'm done with this now that was cool i'm gonna go oh look over here i'm gonna go make caskets like yeah. you know it was just like you know wherever the wind kind of took him he seemed like such a cool guy and kevin smith had a really good write-up about him and how he was such a great muse for kevin smith and and I will say Red State is actually a pretty solid flick. Um, and Tusk is one half of a really solid flick. But Michael Parks is the strongest part of both of those movies. And he's so good in both. Like yeah. He plays such a good villain in both, but different types of villains, that those movies are worth watching just for him. And so to <laughs> say that, like, you know, that he had, was losing anything in his later years is, is not true. This yeah. guy, he was awesome. And it's a shame because even though... I know I've had my difficulties with the recent Kevin Smith output. It feels like they've worked well together and like he was game for whatever. And it just, it feels like Smith was getting really inspired by him as well. And so, you know, that's a shame. Yeah. So yeah, Michael Parks, we will miss you. Hopefully yeah. you're, um, you're doing some crazy stuff up there. <laughs> God's like, I got, I got a list, you know, yeah. like if you can just keep, just keep working on this stuff. Yeah. He's like, I, I'll, I'll get to it in time. Right. Um, all right. So, uh, next, um, Big announcement. There's things that kept dropping left and right like today that I didn't know were coming. There is an announced Dread TV series coming. I know there had been talks of people wanting a sequel to the Carl Urban uh, starring flick from a couple years ago. Um, I think this is close. We're going to get to that. You know what? I was reading it today, um, and this ties into what I said earlier. Like I'm currently working on a, a Judge Dread costume, and... Um, I read this. I read this article today that you sent out, and I at first I was just like, you know, like I jumped, almost jumped up out of the chair. I was like, yes, more dread, <laughs> and because I'm still in my mind, I'm in 2012 in that movie with Carl Urban. Like I love that movie, and then like I started reading these articles, and you know, the first thing is it's like, well, you're not going to get the 2012 that you, you know, you're not going to get this. You know, they're planning on doing this. It's going to be a drama that centers around a group of judges, and I'm just like, um, like that probably won't be that dark or gritty like the movie. I'm like, but we'll see. I'm like, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I know I won't get Carl Urban back, but, and then, and then I started reading some of the articles in this. All Everybody is just like, yeah, there was, there was a Stallone movie and then there was a Carl Urban movie and the Stallone movie was terrible and the Carl Urban movie didn't make any money. And it's just like, <laughs> all these articles are just like, these movies were basically shit. And here comes a TV show. And I was just like, what? No, and I'm like the Stallone one was campy, and like for a '90s movie, when I went and saw it when I was a kid, I was just kind of like, yeah. I'm like, I felt like that cop captured the comic book pretty well, um, in terms of like how Mega City is, and just like the, you know, and in, in a in a, and I hate to use this as like a like a, um, was it a who did Batman Rob was it Schumacher? Yeah, like a, it was very very Schumacher esque in terms of like a comic book action 90s movie as far as like the stallone judge dread goes then we get carl urban just just kicking ass in 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 dread and it's like this is what in this is what we feel like the character embodies you know what i mean like yeah. i feel like like the two movies like 
the the Stallone one got Mega City really well, the way that the the comic portrayed Mega City. But then like Carl Urban really just killed it as Dread as just like this almost this lone cowboy type that is just like a badass. I mean, you take like yeah, he doesn't you know, compromise. Yeah. Like there is no point no matter how much the odds are against him. He is he is dread, and this is what he's going to do, and it's either going to work out or it's not. But he's never going to back off his line, and it's like, it's amazing. and And I wish I wish we would have spent more time in Mega City One in the new movie, but you could tell the budget wasn't there, right? And the the little brief um, ten minute beginning sequence before they get to Peach Trees is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, and it shows the city, it shows the judges at work, and you get a good sense for the character. I want more of that. I understand that the TV show probably can't be that epic in scope, but it, this needs to be street level, like go out, clean, clean the city, then some gray, uh, gray areas because I mean, it's judge dread. There has to be gray, even though the judges are black and white, there has to be gray, you mm-hmm. know? And I, um, and the fact that they're going to have other judges, like even and my point is even in the movie you had, I forget her name, the, the new one that was training. Oh, Anderson, Anderson, um, how she actually kind of gave a shit and, but still wanted to be a judge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think you can have those type of personalities in the dread universe. And even if dreads, not the main character, as long as he is a force yeah. around, like I, don't do a Gotham thing where you just kind of talk about the hero. Right. In the I corners. would be so mad if they do a Gotham thing and they're just like, everybody talks about dread, but he doesn't show up. Be like, no, you got to give me dread. Like he doesn't need to be the focus, but anybody can put a helmet on. It's like, there's dread in the background. There Look he at is. Him. That's <laughs> him. Don't say anything, yeah. but no, you're right. Like Anderson's very different. All the judges are very different, you know? Um, but the thing about dread is he is just like, and, and I mean to be, you know, um, uh, a, you know, I guess like a metaphor of justice is dread is a is a hammer. Like he just literally is just black and white. There is the law, and he's kind of like unstoppable too. And it's 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 like the combination of that. It kind of like, you know, there's always the you know the phrase. Well, you, you can't escape the law. You fight the law. The law wins, and that's Judge Dread. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and he has that 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 um that Batman Boba Fett, like just like those pieces, like RoboCop, he's just got certain things where it's just like, you know, they, they're not like the nice, you know, Barney Fife type lawman. It's, it's kind of like, you know, somebody I, that you would be I need a, a Barney Fife type judge yeah. now where he goes, he tries to pull out his gun and has the one bullet. <laughs> yeah. You know, he drops it. Yeah. But no, like, like dread, like, you know, like Floyd, the barber's running like a pimp ring or something. I'm like I need, I need Mayberry <laughs> mega city, mega city, Mayberry. Mayberry yeah. Oh, we write so much good stuff yeah. on this show. Uh, but no, yeah. Like, like when dread put, like I, that's one thing I liked in all of the, uh, the movies that they had is, is the theme was like everybody was kind of worried about dread when he showed up it wasn't like like i love in the the first one stallone shows up and uh, i think it was judge hershey's trying to get that guy's car impounded and he's just kind of being a dick to her and then the guy turns and looks and he's like oh dread and he's like oh wait no hold on and just like <laughs> dread just blows his car up and it's just like he don't mess around so yeah i just um here here's hope and one of the executive producers of the tv show is was the one of the producers on the movie the newer movie so i feel like you know not that i'm saying ex- executive producer ha- has the most say however i feel like they knew what they liked about the original project and and hopefully it'll be great i there's no word of the creative team 
I would sit down with Alex Garland and pick his brain and be like, what did you want to do next? How would we do this? Cause he's the one that wrote the screenplay for, for the new movie. And Alex Garland's awesome. Like he uh, wrote and directed uh, ex machina that yeah. we, uh, that ex machina was really yeah. good. And so like this guy knows like hard sci-fi. So yeah. I would totally love to like, it'd be great if they folded him in it even like Carl Urban is a big name, but he was doing TV when he was doing movies with that show right. almost human. So like, I don't know. I like Carl Urban. A lot. Yeah. Oh, like, would, I wish he would get so more good. work. Yeah. He's, he's a great, like he, he plays such a good action hero. I, and the fact that like you have him as bones on the new star Trek movies where he's like funny, like actually funny and charismatic. Yeah. And then you have him play dread. Where it's like you you have to act with just your mouth and then your body positioning, and he's just a badass. And even in the Bourne movies, when he was the one Russian agent, he was really good in that too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. Here's hoping. Uh, I feel like this is actually not a bad move for Dread. I feel like making it like an episodic TV show is actually because then you can even dig in more in ongoing stories and kind of. It would be amazing if you gave me a Daredevil quality storyline yeah, yeah. with Dread. I think it's going to all fall upon like how much of a focus they're going to have on dread and where, where it's going to be picked up at. Cause yeah. like if I see it popping up on network stuff, no, I, I don't think it's, I mean, I, don't I would think, imagine that if, if, if there's any early buzz, a streaming service is going to pick it up and grab it. And that if the streaming service picks it up, that'd be great. But I could see even FX or um, AMC. Yeah. The FX might, would be a good call, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, enough about that. Speaking of other properties that are, are changing and um, reboots, yeah, reboot. Uh, Hellboy reboots been announced, and I'm I'm interested in the people attached to it. I'm confused as to why it's happening. Um, I also feel it's really weird considering that. Uh, we just had that tweet from Guillermo del Toro. Like, what is that's not even like a couple months old, is it? Where he's like, it's done, it's dead. And I think he said that because he knew this was coming. I think that, I th- yeah, he probably know, sat down and they were probably like, no, nah, we got this planned. And he was just like, ah. Yeah. And, and I know um, Ron Perlman has been pushing for like the past three years. Like, yeah. he's like, guys, I'm not getting any younger. Let's finish it. Because uh, The Golden Army is, is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I love the second Hellboy movie. The first one's good too, but I love the second one. And it was hinting at this big conclusion that we'll never get. Mm-hmm. And even though it's a bit of a cliffhanger a little bit at the end, it's still a complete movie, and I love it. Um, but we're not going to get that movie. We're going to get uh, more of a horror movie reboot, which that's okay because Hellboy is a paranormal like detective-type guy. Well, they did some good horror stuff, I think, in the other Hellboys, but they also trickled into like more of the fantasy comedy because uh, like those tooth fairies in Golden Army were terrifying. Oh yeah, but it was more like um, Mignolia even said that this isn't his Hellboy; it's the film version of Hellboy, and he worked alongside with Del Toro to kind of bring that universe to life. So it's still not. So it makes me wonder if this is going to be more. I, I don't know, like uh, darker as in I, I don't like like the X Files meets Hellboy. I don't know because that was know. the BPRD, right? So yeah. um, David Harbor, who is the sheriff from Stranger Things, has been announced to play Hellboy. I don't think that's a bad call. Do I you think, think he, he got cast on the pure fact that he went around and punched so many people in Stranger Things, and they <laughs> yeah. were just like, man, that guy's got a hook. Let's get that hand yeah. on him. Um, let's give him a cigar, let's and give, we'll give yeah. him some horns. Uh, I think he would actually be, I, you know, if someone would ask me who would I cast as Hellboy, that it, it makes sense. I wouldn't have thought of him. But yeah, it that wasn't sense. on my radar, but that makes total well, sense. Because people were talking about him possibly being Cable, too, for like a split second. Yeah. And... And then people were talking about Ron Perlman being Cable too, also for a split second. So that's kind of kind of weird, but I think that's okay casting. Actually, it's, I think it's quite good casting. And Neil Marshall is supposed to be the director. Uh, Neil Marshall 
has directed some of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. He did the battle uh, at Blackwater, the mm-hmm. one with the the big explosion, and also the one that was all focused on the fight on the wall with yeah. um, the Night's Watch. And Neil Marshall also has directed The Descent. Like that's a really great scary movie about. Um, yeah, it's in good know. hands with him. Yeah, so I, I feel like it's it's not it's it's a good creative team and a good actor. I still I still want Hellboy three though. Yeah, the only thing I'm that I really hope they don't skimp on me is the um, uh, the fantastic creatures and and things because that's one thing I really love about Hellboy. I loved like um, in the uh, uh, the second movie when they go to the Troll Bazaar. Yeah, like that, I just oh. love seeing all the different characters there, and even some of the things that they fought. Like I liked, um, I can't remember what that thing was called in the first movie with the uh, the weird googly eyes that um, just kept being reborn. Oh, I forget too. But like every time you kill one, two, two more come up. back. Yeah, yeah. The, that thing was cool. Um, I really, really love the the plant elemental that he fought in the second one. I thought that was amazing. I liked the 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 crazy clockwork Nazi that didn't make sense. Right? Yeah. And he was full of sand, but he had those like those uh, arm length blades that he could swing mm-hmm. around, and he had to wind himself up and everything. Like the logic wasn't great, but it was a cool image. Right. I liked it's it. It's very know? Like, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I hope it, I hope it keeps being weird. Um, I don't know if there's any hopes of having Ape Sapien in this because I also think that he was the, like, I mean, Hellboy is a good character to cheer for. I think Abe ended up becoming like the heart of the second movie, you know. And oh my, I just I I love Hellboy too. And if you guys not seen the Golden Army or have not seen it in a while, go back and watch it. It's a really good movie. Yeah. And if this means we get a good another good Hellboy movie, great. Um, it's still like Del Toro. Get just get together with Magnolia and and, and make a graphic novel, the third movie, or do an animated movie because they've done those. Yeah, they did the um, they did two animated movies yeah. with uh, Ron Perlman. And- so why not just get it? Just show us what you wanted to do, you know. Yeah. And then okay, one other thing, real quick, because uh, you know we like talking about news. Edge of Tomorrow's uh, they, there's a sequel uh, that has been written and people are committed to it. It's not in production yet, but they've announced the title for Edge of Tomorrow Two: Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. I do not like that title. Yeah, I think that's a dumb of, title. It's kind of dumb, but yeah, you're right. I liked your idea that it should just be called Edge of Tomorrow again. <laughs> that, that just, just like, hey guys, did you guys see the sequel to Edge of Tomorrow? It's called Edge of Tomorrow. Like, if a sequel to Groundhog Day should be called Groundhog Day, I feel like that's like you got to have. That's the joke, right? But no one would get it, you know. Yeah. And Edge of Tomorrow is not a bad name, but it also it felt like there was that movie and then that movie Oblivion that Tom Cruise was also in. And it's like if you would have put screenshots side by side, you couldn't tell me which one was which. Right, I agree. Till till Emily Blunt showed up. <laughs> well, and Oblivion's not a bad movie either. It's okay. And Edge of Tomorrow, I like a great deal. Um, it's just that they have an idea for a sequel about a movie that was basically video game logic. So I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, I and the movie didn't even do so well to justify a sequel. Like it kind of was on the bubble, you know. And I guess if Tom Cruise just has this crazy money that pushes towards it, it's going to happen. Like, I, he already has the franchise with Mission Impossible. I don't know how many other things he needs. I feel like Mission Impossible should do a crossover with Fast and the Furious because I feel like there's the same amount of movies. That makes sense. I mean, why not at yeah. this point? I, it, like, every time I see a trailer for a new Mission Impossible, I'm like, really? They're making another one? I Like, um, apparently the other five were not impossible. Like, I think you guys <laughs> should probably revisit the definition of an impossible mission. <laughs> Just like how many Final Fantasy games are there, right? Right, it's yeah. at the final one. Oh, there's a couple more yeah. fantasies. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I haven't seen Rogue Nation yet. I still haven't watched that. Was it which one was that? Was the it last the, uh, one, the fifth one. Was it the one with uh, Jeremy Renner? Wait, no, he was in. He was also in Ghost Protocol. The last one I watched was Ghost Protocol. I didn't watch that one. Rogue was actually Nation. really good. I like Ghost Protocol. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, all right. Anyway, Edge of Tomorrow Two. I wish it was called Edge of Tomorrow T O O. That would be that would be a name. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow as well. As I like well. that. So, all right. Enough about news. Uh, I just feel like I haven't had a chance to sit down and talk talk to Joe about news by by ourselves for a bit. So I had to share some news. Um, but now on to this. And now for our feature presentation. I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's a Guardians of the Galaxy movie that just came out. Um, and I guess it took up so much box office that like when you looked at like what the what the remnants were, it was like and then like if there was like this big pie wedge, it's like there was like five other movies and a really tiny piece of pie <laughs> of what actually made money. And and um, they said something about that stupid movie Boss Baby, how it made less money this week, but it somehow went up a spot because this because how everything kind of shifted it went from like four the previous week to like three this week even though it made less money just because how much money got sucked up by guardians that even that it was just it the movie's doing well and it's doing uh like 50 percent better than the first movie which is for a sequel that's not normal you know like in terms of like it either does like you know i iron man 2 is the only thing i could think of that really kind of broke that mold of like did it did way better than people expected mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's doing well. It, not that they needed our approval to go on and make more of them, but people love this movie. I love this movie. We haven't really talked about it. No, but, yeah. yeah, and it, like I didn't want to like text you and be like, "Oh, what did you think?" or you know, "What do, what what's going on?" But like, I I sat through that whole movie, and like I still I'm gonna go see it again. Uh, yeah, and I told too. I told somebody I was like, because they were like, "Oh, you're gonna go see it again?" I'm like, "Hey, I see a lot of superhero movies a couple times." Here's the thing with Guardians. Like, I sat through that movie and I laughed so much that there were so many bits I had to force myself to stop laughing because dialogue started to continue. Um, they hit hit the nail on the head with comedy action. Like, it's it's just like you know the some of the scenes are just so fun to watch, like popcorn movie wise, where it's just like you know stuffs exploding and rockets like taking out a bunch of you know ravagers that are sneaking up on his camp and it's it's like all this the fun and games and and then it's just like you've got you know Drax who I thought Drax stole the show yeah like, I, I feel like Drax stole the show I, uh, and I want to talk more about his interactions with Mantis in a little bit <laughs> um, but Drax it's like he he course corrected from being so literal in the first movie he's still literal yeah. I, I just think that he something about like now everything is like ridiculous to him where before it was like he was so serious where nothing will get above my head. I will jump up and grab it. Yeah. Now it's just like it's he's still laughing. literal, he's but he's like laughing at everybody. At everything. Yeah. And I love it. But it's so funny because like like some of his lines he delivered, especially with Mantis, would be like it would be like funny in a context of somebody trying to be sarcastic and mean, but he's not being mean, but he's not sarcastic. No, not at all. Um, but, yeah. For a movie that opens on a set piece of a large space monster fighting, you know, our space adventures, right? And you don't even see them really. I mean, you do. In the background. In the background as a song from the 70s plays and a little tree dances through all of it. That is James Gunn basically calling a shot being like, the thing in the background is what every movie that you'd see would end on. We're starting on it, and we don't even care to show it to you right now because you guys want to see the dancing tree. We're going to show you the dancing tree. Yes. And I and I loved how like there's this coordinated effort in the background of trying to fight this monster mm-hmm. and how it just, I mean, it all, you know, everybody kind of had the interactions with Groot, how at one point he picked up a bug and rocket stopped and was like, no, 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 no. No, spit it out. Spit it out, yeah. you know. And then and then another point um, when, when Drax hits the ground, uh, stops dancing for some reason. He doesn't. He doesn't. He like doesn't want. He, he doesn't want. He doesn't want Drax to see him dancing. Yeah, and it's just so. 
it's so good and i love i love the elo song mr blue sky i love i love yellow unironically i mean some people i guess now it's, it's fun to to like that kind of music and kind of wink at it but i love yellow and i was like and also for james gunn to be like there's gonna be teens listening to this music that love it now and don't even like it's it's almost like the the greatest trick ever to be like this stuff's been here for 30 years you didn't know it now you're gonna love it yeah. but such a great opening i love that opening i love that uh it, it, the whole movie is very organic in the sense that you have them do this job for the sovereign and they're basically you set the the, the stage for the sovereign being like you don't screw with them do your job and go and then rocket's like well i'm gonna screw with them and that just feels like that's very much his character and it's a bunch of problems that they didn't have to have but they brought upon themselves and that's the perfect way to start a guardians movie and i think that 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 kind of fits it out for the guardians too is because they always they always have something happen like that where it's just like now they have to deal with it like like and rocket would cause like a problem like that they so. did the whole like just calling them jerks in front of them and, and winking and using yeah. the wrong eye and like that was great and the sovereign are interesting i i am I'm, I'm sure there's established marvel canon i did not know who they were as a race. Like, I mean, the Kree I'm familiar with and the Nova Corps from the first movie, but not the Sovereign. I don't remember the Sovereign that much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, so I, I did like, <laughs> for such a serious, genetically superior race, and then when they brought their drone army, uh, their drone fleet out to chase down the Guardians, Yeah. I, I still... As much as it's a dumb idea, I love that it's all like simulation based and it sounds like Galaga. Yeah. As they're all playing in their pods, shooting at the spaceships. It's such a... Like, I don't know if any other movie could pull that off right now, especially when in the first Avengers movie, the guy was playing Gallagher on the helicarrier. Well, I I even liked at the end, like, you know, uh, not the end, but the the end of the scene where it's like one guy (laughs) and he's just like, and everybody's hurtled around him, kind of like you would like somebody about to get a high score on an arcade machine. And everybody's just kind of like, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Get the kill screen on Donkey Kong. And then all of a sudden, no. Like, it's like you suck Zylac or whatever. Yeah, his name yeah is. you suck. Like, um, and I love that the sounds and everything just all matched. The yeah, arcade. it was that whole that whole scene. Those it looked like they were playing in an arcade. And what was the name of the asteroid field? What was a phase a phasic asteroid field where the asteroids were phasing in and out of like uh, of reality? So as they're going through the asteroid belt, yeah. it's phasing in and out. Which again, with with ships following you, it felt very video gamey, and it was like on purpose, and it was fun. And I love how their solution of eliminating the ships. Like I, I don't want to give up all the the story beats, but I love how they wrapped up that last ship. That was a very Guardians of the Galaxy way of, of dealing with the last oh, ship. Oh, with Drax. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I think that also made me realize how tough Drax is. Yeah, he, like, doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, just well, just like when they were crash landing and he's just bouncing off of trees, I'm like, that you, you're, all your whole body would be jello. Well, well, in the comics, <laughs> they, he ate an Infinity Stone. Like when they, they when they first put together the Infinity Watch, because Drax is actually kind of a dummy in the comics, they gave him I forget which one it was like the Power Gym, and it was always forehead. And he just he picked it off like a piece of candy and just ate it, and it was inside his stomach for the run of Infinity Watch, and no one wanted to like go and get it. So he's kind of tough. Yeah, Drax yeah. is pretty tough. Yeah, um, but then so Kurt Russell shows up on oh. a space egg. Let's talk yeah. about Kurt Russell from the 1980s, though, because like that, that scene, great. like I'm sitting there watching. It, I'm like, is that Jack Burton? Like, I'm like, right? it was so weird. And I found <laughs> out that a lot of that was actually just makeup. Like they didn't do a lot of CG touch up to make him younger. They used a lot of makeup. Effects. Really? Wow. And so they didn't do like the Jeff Bridges thing. And Tron Legacy, you know, mm. how yeah. that was kind of good, but kind of not. And then, like, how they did it with um, uh, Michael Douglas and Ant-Man. Mm. Like, they just used, they said that they used CG just to soften it a little bit. But a lot of that was just makeup. And it looked good. And it was fun. 
And yeah, it was great to see. And like, I just wanted to watch like a sequel to um, Big Trouble in Little China. Can we just <laughs> right? have that? That'd be great. Right. It was so funny. And then like, uh, what was it? Um, I thought it was funny too when he was like telling the story to Peter about everything and the mannequins all look the same like that. Yeah. And I was just like, why wouldn't he just change his appearance for the different aliens? Yeah. <laughs> that, like that just... felt like a very Zap Brannigan approach of this. Like I've, I've become organic life and I look like a human and now I'm just going to go. Um, well, yeah. I, I guess we're jumping ahead, but I'm going to go sleep with all the different species of the universe, yeah. but I'm going to look like a human, you know? And I just, I mean, maybe he did that for, for, um, uh, star Lord's benefit of telling the story. Yeah. Uh, Cause you could see that he could easily change his appearance if he wanted to. Um, but yeah, it's just Kurt Russell was a, like, awesome in this movie. Sometimes you feel like they give these castings to older actors just to get them involved. Like I love Michael Douglas and Ant-Man and I think he did a good job, but you could have put almost anybody in that role of uh, Hank, yeah. Hank Pym. Um, but with ego, the living planet, like Kurt Russell is the best choice because it's like, this feels like this would be, Chris Pratt's father, like it felt very like it did. It, it felt it felt real because I feel like it was like, oh, this is my dad, Kurt Russell. But like, makes sense. Yeah, you know. Um, um, and I liked, I liked the, uh, I liked the nods where they show the outside of the sh- uh, the planet and you, and, it, and it's got a face. Yeah, in, in essence, like almost like the terrain makes a face. And, well, and even in the, the third act, whenever like shit's hitting the fan and it looks has that scowl for like a brief second. Like that is the Jack Kirby ego planet, and it was awesome that they were able to to sneak that in there. Um, I found out what happened is that ego was part of the the Fantastic Four universe, mm-hmm. and so James Gunn had to go to Marvel and be like, "I want to use ego as Star Lord's father," and they're like, "We can't." And it's like, "Can you think of anybody else to be his dad?" He's like, "Not really." So he went to uh, Fox and was like, "Can we have ego?" And they're like, "Well, can we change Negasonic Teenage Warhead's power set?" And they're like, "Okay," and then they traded. Because she has a different power set in the comics. Yeah, she does. And she's more like Cannonball in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so that that was the trade off is that Deadpool got their thing and then they got Ego. Yeah, I, I remember that. I thought um, that was good, but it's like, that's a that's weird. That's a pretty good trade. That's well, a good trade. And what about Celestials? Like, right? Yeah. That was completely, like, when they said he was a Celestial, I was like, oh, like. There's, there's a lot of Fantastic Four bleeding over into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, yeah, Fox had that too. I'm really surprised they didn't lock that in with um, Apocalypse. Right? Apocalypse yeah. got all his technology in ancient Egypt from the Celestials. Yeah, so. I just um, it's it's interesting. I love that. I also I also love that in this movie that even though the events of this movie are based upon the the first movie in the sense that uh, Star Lord was able to hold an Infinity Gem and not die, and then you find out that his lineage isn't full human. Mm-hmm. But the rest of this movie, other than um, Gamora and Nebula, there's really nothing about the infinity stones or Thanos the first movie. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, Hey guys, we're going to tell our own story and not have to set up a, a million different storylines. I'm really glad they never turned, uh, Gamora or not Gamora, uh, Nebula down to like anything lower than a, than an eight. Yeah. She was she like, was just, uh, just r- raving, like just yeah. angry all the time. Like it's so weird too, to see Karen Gillum, uh, do that too, after playing Amy Pond and like, you know, like visually, it's like, okay, yeah, you can't really see Amy Pond there, but it's like, just like, just watching her play this like angry, like, you know, character that is just kind of like, she never calmed down. Even no. when it was like she was trying to, like, I guess, help the Guardians or work with the Guardians, it's like, she still was pissed off. Yeah. And it's like, whenever she starts coming down on the planet, just firing at Gamora, <laughs> she's shooting Gamora, just, just angry. And then not just shooting at her, 
just taking that ship and just going. And I thought that was like, that's the badass move. It's just like, I'm not coming out alive. I'm taking you with me. I'm right. bringing the ship right down to the ground. And it was, that was cool. Like, so, um, we've talked about a lot of the characters that we liked. I feel like some of the, the weaker parts of the first guardians movie is that I didn't give a shit about Gamora. Like she was there, she served a purpose, but that was about it. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel that she fared in this one? I feel like they really didn't compound on on that at all. Um, I want. I feel like if anything, she was more of a, a a pairing or a combo with Nebula. Like their story as a as a as a sister, uh, as sisters was um, was interesting to me. But as individuals, no. Like like even I mean like even Rocket wasn't really expanded very little. With Yondu, I mean, you got you got the notion that like if he kept on the self destructive path and pushing people away, he's yeah. gonna have nobody, and that's kind of how Yondu was like, you know, what was it? We're we're the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got that. Um, I figured that was a bigger moment for Yondu than it was Rocket, but Rocket learned, you know, and but hopefully, yeah. yeah. But, but Gamora, I don't think she was. Uh, other than the Sam and Diane, Sam and Diane <laughs> reference, uh, that's basically yeah. Um, Gamora was Diane, like. You know, she she was just kind of there. She was the logical voice of everything. She felt like the chaperone to Drax and uh, Mantis. It was like kind she was like of, the yeah. one grown up. Because yeah. it's just like, I, I, I feel like I want to talk about Mantis and, and Drax because I felt like that was like you go off to, <laughs> people are going to be mad. I feel like you, you send these kids off to like special camp. And all the kids get to hang out together. The ones that aren't aren't quite quite right, but yeah. they get to hang out and have like a little summer thing. That felt like Mantis, and it and felt like Drax. I, yeah. uh, well, I feel like with like like Gamora and Star Lord are definitely the parent, the parental figures. Even though Star Lord is kind of like he's he's kind of immature. He's kind of like that dad that has a family now and doesn't know what to do with it. Like, right. He's like, oh, he's like, oh shit! I thought having kids would be fun, <laughs> but I still want to go party. Right. You know. But Dra- but Drax, Rocket, and Groot are pretty much the kids, hands yeah. down. Um. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I like Grimora didn't really add or take away from the movie for me she picked up that one gun that was way big that was i mean she like, did a lot of badass stuff like if you had told me that was a she-hulk movie i'd be like that's amazing you know uh like i like when she finally just got tired of using that gun and got her sword out to cut that thing yeah you I, know I, she I, did some cool stuff but. at least i mean at least if that facilitates nebula being more of um a chaotic neutral force in the guardians yeah. universe as opposed to straight being an enemy which i you know they didn't even have to bring that character back into this film in terms of like the way it was in, in the first movie. It was hinted at like, you know, she's still out there. Mm-hmm. You could bring back that character anytime. She, they actually not redeemed her, but you understood her. Yes. And yeah, I, think I think that's, I think that's big. I think that's what I like better about Nebula this time around is I was really expecting a redemption thing. Like, Oh, she's going to join the guardians because, you know, obviously seeing the trailer, she's hanging around him a lot. But they didn't, you know. They basically brought her and tagged her along as like this anti-hero, who you understood why she was the way she was. Yeah. So I, it, was, it was interesting. And then yeah, they, I mean, now that we talk about it, and I think about it, they they flushed out Nebula way more than Gamora. Yeah, but at least they had that understanding at the end of just mm-hmm. like, hey, this is going to be awkward for us, but I didn't know what you went through, mm-hmm. and you don't know what I went through, type of thing. You know, that kind of like. You know, sometimes siblings have to have that, like, okay, yeah, we've pissed each other off, but we're still going to be sisters. Yeah. And then the f- awkward hug, you know, that's... <laughs> well, maybe, like, he's going to do volume three, uh, which, I mean, if we're going to talk about Grim- Grimora for a second, like, I mean, they could do... they. Could, uh, I think they might do Annihilation Conquest or uh, Annihilation. Is Annihilation? 
Um, I always get those two mixed up. Um, Annihilation would be cool. Uh, or they could do the Black Vortex, uh, which Grimora gets the Black Vortex, and she get she becomes like super powerful. So. Well, they're hinting at something else too, and we'll talk about the, okay. at the end here. Um, so uh, the character of Mantis, I know you had mentioned her before because I wasn't familiar with her. Mm-hmm. She was she was originally a human in the comics, but in the movie, she's an alien. I think that's fine. I think it works perfectly yeah, I think fine. It works. Uh, ta- she didn't know anybody growing up other than ego. And so her social interactions with everybody is very awkward. And at first I thought it was going to annoy me, but it's something I ended up loving through the rest of the movie because like she's trying so hard and like you could tell she's, em- em- you know, em- empathic. So when she feels something, she really feels it. Mm-hmm. So when she's happy, it's like almost like just calm down there. And it's then the when next she's, level. Yeah. yeah. And then when it's sad, you see her little antenna drop, you just feel bad. And it's just, I loved pairing her up with Drax because he, everything is, he's very straightforward. They're kind of like opposites in a sense. I mean, he's still holding a lot of emotion in that he doesn't want to talk about losing his family. But I love the idea that like, he kept saying to her, like, you're disgusting to me. And and then there's the whole thing too, where he's lying down. Yeah, that was the best. I was laughing so hard. (laughs) And he goes, and he's just like, I'm just thinking about like you and I together. And he's like, <laughs> she, well, she wake up. So she wakes him up in the middle of the night. Like Drax is sleeping. She's like, Drax, Drax, wake up. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I, I don't. He's like, I, I do think you're hideous. I was just saying that to be nice to you or something like that. And then she's just like, no, you don't understand. And then he starts like dry heaving and she's like, what's wrong? And he's just like, I'm just thinking about you and I together. Like he legitimately <laughs> is disgusted by her. He doesn't think she looks attractive. Oh. And it's just, and uh, I can't remember the actress's last name. Her first name's Palm. Yeah. Uh, she's a French actress. I mean, she's beautiful, but like, I just thought it was so funny because like, and, and she's not really taking offense to this as much as a normal person would have, but Drax is just overselling like how, how much he is appalled by her. And he's like, you're beautiful, beautiful on the inside, but you're very ugly on the outside. It's just, but then like the very end where he's like, you're not as hideous as I said you are. Like it was kind of like him softening a little bit yeah. and not that I need them to get together, but it's just like, it's just kind of that moment of this like, yeah. okay, I, I, you know, I appreciate you and you're, you're not, you're not that bad. I, I, I liked, I liked that a lot. I know that she's basically the MacGuffin in the movie of like, we need her to uh, sew it all together to show what's going on with ego. Mm. And then how to, how do you stop a God? Like, she was there to stop him, you know, yeah. and and even though that got convoluted, she had one purpose. But I feel like going forward, having someone that with her her power set and her outlook, it, if they keep her around, which is implied, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, well, she's definitely around for the Avengers. Oh, th- really? Okay. Yeah, she's she's scribed in for the Avengers. Okay. Because I mean, the the pretty much the Guardians are gonna all come down to Earth, you know. So. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the assumption because pretty much everybody's casted for it. Well, except uh, for Michael Rooker. I thought he was. Is he cast? Like, I thought he was. <laughs> I could be wrong. Well, how are they going to bring him in? I don't know. Well, let's talk about Yandu for a second. Yeah. Like, I like that they, they used Yandu's Ravagers to kind of, like, uh, introduce the old Guardians, which... Um, uh, that made me so happy. Sylvester Stallone was Starhawk. Yeah. Um, which was really cool to see him show up. Like, they, you know, they run into each other on a planet, and you see there's there's other Ravagers, and Yandu's not really a fan of... Or, um, isn't really uh, um, liked by the other Ravagers because of something he did. Uh, and then the one guy, I can't remember his name. It starts with an M. It's the crystal guy. Uh, Martin X, I think. Martin X. Yeah. yeah that's uh, Michael Rosenbaum. 
See, I, what, who's the he, name? What? He played Lex Luthor on Smallville. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah and like you can't even tell because he's all CG'd. Yeah. You know, um, and then like, but anyway, uh, so then you start to get Yondu kind of questioning everything and then Taserface, which they did a really good job of making fun of Taserface because, I mean, like, come on, you're you're already watching a movie with Talking Raccoon and a guy's named Taserface. And he's proud of his name Taserface. Yeah. Like, he's like, you you have no fear yeah. of the name Taserface. But um, so he gets... That the, feels like a Hotmail account I would have had when I was a kid. I'm like, that's a cool name. Yeah. But he gets a coup going uh, and then you get Yondu kind of like coming to old school Yondu and, and doing heroic things again. But I loved the scene with Baby Groot. <laughs> I love when they, they grab everyone on the ship who who is not mutinying with them. And they have Groot in the little cage. And they're like, what do you want to do with this thing? Should we kill it? And he's like, no, nah, it's too adorable. And I just <laughs> laughed because I'm like, if you needed to seal the deal anymore about selling those adorable toys, like the the plant is so cute. Yes, we know. And like I, even Taserface can't yeah, kill. He can't Groot. kill adorable Groot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I feel like they did that with Rocket too. Like I feel like uh, Mantis was like completely in love with Rocket. I love that everybody kept calling him a fox. Like no matter well, what. No, she, like, didn't she call him an angry puppy? Yeah, she called him an. She's, she's like, like, I love your puppy. She's like, I love your puppy. And then she's like, can I pet him? And then like, <laughs> and he goes to pet him, but he, yeah, and he yeah, bites he, her. He's <laughs> like, that was a practical joke. I made that up. <laughs> like Drax. Yeah, I need to watch that again. Just his face, yeah. like he knew what was going to happen, and he's like eating that yogurt, and he looks at her, and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead, pet him. Um, but you mentioned Yondu doing good um, things. Uh, the sequence of him um, kind of having his way with the rest of the Ravagers in terms of like, he got out, he has his arrow, mm-hmm. he has his badass fin, which I'm, I like organically. They brought it in. And it was cool. You know, yeah. I like that. And just how you just saw the arrow travel all over and how, you know, he's killing everybody, but it was so beautiful. I loved like in slow motion. Just, like uh, everybody's falling. It's like, yeah. And it's just, it's just really neat seeing the trails and everything. And I, mm-hmm. I dug the way it looked and it was very, uh, hypnotic and like this, it's the, it's those moments right then and there that I wish Warner Brothers would be like, oh, we could like this is this movie is what Suicide Squad should have been, and it just you know <laughs> what I mean. Like I know I said that about that before, how they're trying to like kind of ape Guardians, but yeah, th- you needed this movie where like no one in the universe gives a shit about these guys, and they're going to save it anyway because it's the right thing to do, and they don't all get along. Like, come on, like. Well, and, one of the things, and, I, and this ties into Yondu a little bit, because like obviously, uh, you know, the the movie kind of culminates when you discover that Ego's trying to do bad things, or I guess bad things. I don't know. A planet would probably want to do that anyway. Uh, and and the Guardians have to stop him, and, and Yondu's there, and um, him and Quill are kind of working together, and you kind of get this 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 rekindling of like a like a relationship that they had and they flash back to show Yandu showing him how to shoot his elemental gun and different things like that and then there's the line at the end of the movie when Yandu's like floating away and he says something about ego to He's Quill. like he may have been your father yeah. but he wasn't your daddy. Right and you and realize that was the point where I was just like tears. Yep. Like how did Michael Rooker <laughs> Michael Michael Rooker like Merle Dixon <laughs> <laughs> Henry, portrait of a serial killer. I've watched this guy like supposedly snap someone's neck and leave him for like dead. Like he is not a pretty man. No. Like just making me just want to cry. Like and he was he was the antagonist in the first movie and he was kind of comedy relief in the first movie. But you could almost kind of tell because like every time he always kind of like he had that type of fatherly thing where it's just like your kid keeps pissing you off, but you're not going to discipline him to the full extent. 
Yeah, and that's why they called him out in the Ravagers. They're right, like, and that's you're, you're kinda, never going after and Quill. I, and I kind of knew that because it was going to culminate to it. Um, but yeah, like you definitely, you definitely get the vibe that that Yondu was happy to raise Quill, or you know, he there's there's more of a connection to it than that. Um, so that's that's kind of what hits you in the feels. Oh, um, that and then like one the, of the best yeah. one of the best lines in the movie though is <laughs> I know what you're about to say. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> Well, because they're floating down. They're the, floating the, the, down, the and, and he's like, "You look like Mary Poppins." And, and <laughs> Yandu's like, "Was he cool?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's badass." And he's like, "Hey, y'all, I'm Mary Poppins." <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, "Well, all right, Disney, that works. I love it." You know, he's just holding his arrow. Yeah, floating he's down. just floating down like the umbrella, and like he's so proud to be Mary Poppins. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I love it, and I. So you have the juxtaposition of of ego. Having his son, yeah, you know, and then you have well, Yondu with like basically a father son relationship. Uh-huh. Um, how like how did you feel? Like I feel like Kurt Russell was very endearing and kind of like, yeah, I know I'm a god, but I'm your dad, and here's what's happened. And then, but I then he goes along and says, "Oh, I wish I didn't have to go put the tumor in your mom's head." I feel like that was a cop out to push the story further. That was the only bit. That was that, the that only felt, bit I didn't like because like I'm like, there's no reason you should have said that. Yeah, you know? and like, cause like the whole time I'm like, I was waiting for a turn somewhere. I was waiting for something to happen with the sovereign. I was waiting. I don't know. I didn't know if ego was gonna be, uh, you know, as nice as he was through the whole movie playing, you know, uh, energy ball catch with his new son that he just made up with and found, and he was like so nice to everybody else. And then like he explains everything to to Peter about stuff, and then like it's almost like he kind of like takes more of this omnipotent. Uh, character role uh, towards like the beginning of the third act where yeah. it's not so much like I connect with you on a human level as a father son then he just starts to you know act like how I would imagine a celestial would act where they're just like you know what I'm going to try to take over other planets because you know I live for eternity and you know I'm bored yeah so you know and and you know and then it's like he just dis- disregards like uh, Peter in that sense and he's like well I just kind of needed you for this and I was gonna I honestly think he was gonna kind of try to do like a Darth Vader thing which was another I think thing, so too yeah which is another thing that I want to bring up is a lot of people and Steve brought this up is um, uh, it has a very Empire fi- feel uh, in that sense like you had you know Ego is Vader and, and Quill is, is Luke uh, where you had you know come rule the sun, the galaxy with me. Yeah, son. he's like I wanted. He's like I wanted you to be by my side, but I guess I'll just use you as a battery, you know, right. type of thing. And I just thought it was odd for him to be like. I think that you could have approached. I guess you just wanted. To, I guess you as a viewer needed a reason to dislike ego, mm-hmm. even though you found out what was happening later with all the other kids that didn't work out. That's pretty right. dark. Um, and then he he was adamant that he did love Peter's mother, but he's like I went back three times. If I would have bet would have went back for a fourth, I wouldn't have come back. And I feel like they could have built something in there saying, you know, I knew she was sick, but if I would have went to her side, I would never be doing what I'm doing now. Almost like he's still like putting himself in front of her. Yeah. But I, but it just felt like that was like the one thing of like, I already got Peter eating out of my hand. I can just tell him I killed his mom. Like that felt very. You knew. Like, yeah. They, they should have explained why he said that I killed your mom, because then there would have been like something. Maybe he needed him to. Maybe like they could have explained it like he he got so, he needed to get him to an emotional state to get a certain kind of energy out of him something because otherwise you know, something but, it was like, just like when he said that I was like why would you reveal that that's like, the only sour you know, point in the entire film and I but I love that immediately Chris Pratt's reaction is like all right guns out boom boom yeah, boom boom just, boom like just he just no, lights him up like it was awesome like yeah. I love that no that that was a great reaction but like 
Um, I, I, I just, I didn't understand that. And then, like, I feel like, um, like, with him killing all those other kids that just didn't work out, uh, like, I would have liked more of a, a, a tie-in or a backstory to explain why Peter's mom was the one. You know what I mean? Because clearly he, he, he had, he had uh, mated with, like, tons of other alien species. Well, he kind of talks about it when, um, when he's talking about the song Brandy, about how, like, she knew all the songs, like, all the words to all the songs. And, like, you really get this genuine thing that he really did care about her. Yeah. But only in, in so much of how much it kind of reflected on him. And that, like, in the sense, like, he had a greater purpose. But, and I, and I find it funny, too, that that song Brandy, which is uh, one of, like, one of Mary's all-time favorite songs, is, like, the key point of this movie. And it's kind of, it's not a forgotten song, but it was definitely a one-hit wonder. But then they have, like, a three-minute conversation about the lyrics and how it ties yeah. to it was like, he did he did talk about that song quite a bit it was interesting and yeah. i also love that when they're talking about it he basically said this is the greatest song ever written in the universe i love that notion that you have a god that can make his own planet but still really appreciates late 70s and like rock right like soft rock yeah like it was a weird moment but i loved it it was such a and humanizing moment in a way it was very humanizing and 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 to have kurt russell do it too because like you could have got any actor that probably was never around in the 70s or maybe they were super young in the 70s but like to actually have you know because i love listening to kurt russell explain things in movies i don't know yeah. why like whether he's a cowboy or he's jack burton or whoever like just the way that he kind of just like he lays it out like you know like when he uh um when he was telling um uh billy bob thornton about like how he just needs to get out of the bar it's just just the way that he just kind of lays stuff out like yeah just, kurt russell get your attention right and it's like the only person i could think of that'd be great would have been jeff bridges and i feel like they're almost the same person at yeah times. i think like, jeff bridges would have been good too yeah but just have the dude planet where he just kind of walks around in a robe but he was already make white russians at the will you know Ob obadiah stain yeah. Although, hey, speaking of like other actors, what about that Hasselhoff cameo? Right. That totally caught me off guard. That was funny. That like, was really funny. Because especially because the story that they told, and then yeah. then knowing that on the the actual Guardian soundtrack, there's a track at the very end called Guardians Inferno that has Hasselhoff singing. So I like that they brought it in. Um, that was a fun little quick like like eighties like you know like because I mean of course Star Lord would recognize David Hasselhoff like mm -hmm. I thought that was. That, this fun movie uh, and even the big showdown at the end when it became a big CG fest where they were having the like the power showdown between yeah. them that it all felt earned because this is the light that they're pulling from that's of this planet. He uh, Chris Pratt's characters half that and egos all of that. So you actually got like this epic scale of gods fighting each other that I feel like and, I, and here I am going to shoot on DC that when they get to those moments, they don't feel earned. This felt like it was like this is building up. And also the fact that they kind of said, here's why this is happening. This will probably never happen again with Star-Lord because we were explaining away why he doesn't have this ability because it'd be way too powerful. Yeah. You know? So I dug it. And then also his creation that he made to fight Kurt Russell. The Pac-Man, yeah. Oh, it was such a... <laughs> It was really it was telegraphed, on the, but it was wonderful. It was really on the nose. Yeah, I just of, of all the like of all the things he could have made, like I thought that was great. So, um, and then then at the end with with the 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 Yondu's um funeral, mm -hmm. I don't know, like that should not have got me as worked up as it did. I love that they had the callback to the little gem bobble that they had from the first movie, yeah. and then the troll that he was given because they switched out the gem, and he still had it. Like I don't, he must have appreciated Quill's like you know trickery, and then. I don't know why with this one Ravager they have a funeral that causes all space fireworks, 
but then the 80, 70 killed in that ship, no one gave a shit about them. You know, like, I don't well, know. Well, I think, they, like, they probably have, like, different ranks and things. I, like that that, that makes sense, but it's like, all of a sudden, all the Ravagers showed up, and they all had space fireworks. I'm like, for a, a group of, like, um, like unhonorable kind of thieves, not unhonorable, but, like, kind of, like... Why would you not the, have space fireworks? I, I mean, if it, I didn't know it was an option, you know? I would have. I, and then hearing that with that song playing, I, it was called, what, Father and Son? Yeah. It just, I... God damn you movie that was so good that... <laughs> I was laughing, and there was funny bits even in that, and I'm just like wiping away tears, trying not just to collapse. And even the whole joke about like, oh, we couldn't find a Walkman for you, but we found this. The Zune. And he's like, yeah. it has 300 songs. He's like, 300. You know, like it's, it was so good. And I, that just, again, and I, I hate, I, I hope Wonder Woman's good. Everything's saying so far Wonder Woman's going to be pretty good. Uh, I, I don't know why it took, Marvel just has a way of always making you give a shit, and I just—it's—it's it's good characters, it's good acting. Who would have thought Yondu would be like the the one to really tie it all together? Right. Like I didn't you know? think going into Guardians two, I would be I would be on Team Yondu as hard as I was. Yeah. Like it's the moment he joined the Guardians, I'm just like I I was like, please keep him around for now. Movie. I want to go back to Wizard World and pay forty bucks to be Michael Roker. Right. I want him. <laughs> I want him to sing Happy Birthday to me now. Right. You know. I just kind of want us to go hug him. You know. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't trust him before. Now I do with my life. Yeah. Um, so in credit sequences, they showed the the old guardians. Yeah. Like, quote unquote, like they're ravagers, but they're the old guardians. Yeah. Um, mainframe, I'm not familiar with. That was Neither the robot head, which was Miley Cyrus, I guess. Yeah. Um, like obviously, uh, they had Martin X, who he's from the '90s Guardians and the '70s one too. He's the crystal guy. Uh, you had Starhawk. Um, I wonder. I don't know how they're going to show if they ever get him to actually show his powers. It's all it's it's cool looking. I love that the outfit where they kind of hinted at it with the points. Like he yeah. was wearing that harness, and then Michelle Yeoh is uh, his wife, his ex wife that you saw her for a brief second. Uh, that was cool. Well, when um, I saw Michelle Yeoh, I was like, she's got to be somebody because they wouldn't just cast Michelle Yeoh. As no, like, that's she's the other what it was, Ogord or whatever the last name was. Know. Yeah, Alita. Alita was her name, and then they showed um oh the red alien guy. I forget his name now. But he's um, like the big red reptile alien guy that mm-hmm. didn't speak but did the thumbs up with the magic. I don't know why he's there because he's supposed to be a thousand years in the future. And in the comics, he is the um, the 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 being trained by the ancient one who's Doctor Strange. He's going to be the new Sorcerer Supreme in the comics. Oh, wow. So I don't know why he's there. I dig it, but he was supposed to be the the, the next Doctor. Um, maybe there's some I have Amagato uh, stuff going on. Maybe, and then you had um, Ving Rhames was Charlie Twenty Seven, which made me happy as well. Like, oh I, yeah, I forgot when they showed Ving Rhames, I was like, what Ving Rhames? Yeah, it just it was it, it's one of those things that if you don't know who they are, that's fine. But it's like for me, loving the '90s Guardians, it just made me really, really, really happy. You know, so and I just really, really want to see a movie with them now. And I just want to see Sylvester Stallone leading a group of people to stealing shit, space space stealing space shit. I want to see that. I want to see that movie so bad right now. There's a lot of old folks in that movie, though. I don't care. Like, call it the Expendables in space. I don't space expendables. Space expendables. You know. Well, let's talk. Wait, we didn't get to talk about Stan. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, dude, when the Watchers popped up, I was like, well, because I kind of made that joke to you, and you didn't say anything to me. I didn't. Thank you. Yeah. Because uh, we're because I was like yeah I was like I bet you he's probably uh, Uatu whatever his name is the Watcher and you're like yeah it would be kind of interesting huh. And the fact that he's talking to all the watchers, that like they got the rights to the watchers. Yeah. That like I would love it if if Marvel, Sony, and Fox all got together and said, you know what? Here's the one character we can all share. 
and have the watchers show up on all the movies, that would be hilarious. I would love to see them observing all of uh, the different realities. But I love that Stan's telling these stories about things he did before mm-hmm. and how that might be him connected to every Marvel movie he's been in. Yeah. I love it. It was so good. I would have liked it if they could have got... Well, they probably should have like done something to hint at that. You know what I mean? Like he might have mentioned something like as he's talking to them, like, you know, he's talking about one of the Fox movies, but nothing specific. Yeah, because he said he's a FedEx driver. I wish he'd have been like, oh, as a mailman once because he showed up in uh, the first first Fantastic Four as a mailman. Yeah, that would have been funny. Yeah. Um, I also like that he talks so much that the watchers are like, we're done with you. And they'd walk away because they're bored. Yeah, I I enjoyed that. I thought that was funny. Um, And even though it was a simple joke, uh, because you mentioned that cameo when they're doing the space jumps or whatever you call them. Yeah. And how their faces kept getting distorted. That in any other movie, I would be annoyed by that. But it was cracking me up every time they cut back to all of them being because like, it was like out. It was like they would cut back to it for like ten seconds. Yeah, and then they'd just be like, "Oh, they're still bouncing around." Yeah, so I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, that, I know we kind of bounced all over the movie too. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I'm going to own it. I'm going to go see it again. The 3D I saw in 3D it was pretty solid. I didn't I didn't intend to see it in 3D. It just happened to be the timing of it. Um. Yeah, it just it was a fun movie, and this raised the bar for the summer, you know. So, um, yeah, I didn't have anything else to to add uh, about the about that. So, if you guys have seen Guardians, add your thoughts on our Facebook page. Uh, that'd be cool. Uh, talk about your '90s Guardians if you if you my 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 friends are out there. '90s Guardians, like you know, give us some love because Laser Laser Face Taser Face is referenced from that '90s Guardians run. He's supposed to be one of the Stark, which is like an alien race that used Tony Stark's technology. But whatever. He looked more like a Klingon in this than just an angry, like a dumb Klingon. Yeah. Um, yeah, hit us up on our Facebook page. We have a website, invasionofthepodcast.com. We have a Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash invasionofthepodcast. If you want to go on there and support us, uh, give as little as a dollar. Give as much as, as much as you have. Like, sell your house. Support our show. Not really. Uh, if you donate $5, you can pick a wheel of death, and we can watch <laughs> movies that we probably won't like as much as Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but do it. It's uh, that, would be, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, so... Uh, on to speaking of guardians, I want to wrap it up here with a game I have for Joe. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> I've not told Joe the game. It involves mixtapes. Uh, so here, here's the deal. Um, since Guardians of the Galaxy has uh, the two mixtapes. I decided to make a mixtape for 10 Marvel characters. Right? Oh, okay. So it started off as five, and then I kept thinking of more Do you characters. Have sound bits, or is this no, just... No, I... Oh, okay. As you see, there'd be way too many sound bits to do. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to do this. You, you know how, like, you have the touchscreen games at, like, BW3 where they give you, like, a question, and then they'll start removing answers as they go along to show you the real answer? You know what I'm talking about? It's like time yeah, goes yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to read these songs in an order song titles and then um, each one i think is going to kind of hint more at what the character oh, okay, is okay 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 so then the last okay. one's going to be pretty obvious so um okay. th- it's just marvel i didn't want to go all pop culture and make this really hard it's all marvel there are some heroes there are some villains okay uh, uh there is a you know there is one female in here i, I wish i could have thought of more but i'm just i'm that i'm actually two females in here um and it could be you know, mutant, non-mutant, okay. all that. So just okay. it's it's a lot of things. So we'll start off uh, with the first one. Uh, first song, Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. Okay. Second song on this mixtape is Even the Losers by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Third song is Photograph by Def Leppard. Uh, fourth song is Dancing on the Ceiling, Lionel Richie. 
Do you know who this is? No. Fifth song is Spiderwebs by No Doubt. Is it Spider-Man? Yeah, it is Spider-Man because you got he's you know a teenager, he's uh, a loser, takes photographs, dances uh, on the ceiling, and uses spiderwebs. Okay. I thought you'd get that one pretty I I didn't know if you'd go right off the rip with Spider-Man. I just because I mean? th- this one seems to be the most most approachable. Well, I started so. going like teenage negasonic board. No, yeah. no, no. So uh, okay. Next one. Um I'll even give you a hint. This is a this is a villain. Okay. Uh the first one is The Power by Snap. Remember, I got the power. Yeah, that one. Second song, Under My Thumb by the Rolling Stones. Third song, The King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. If you remember that song, maybe you don't. Fourth song, this will start tipping you off, Scar Tissue by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Fifth song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Tears for Fears. Has power. I I know, I I know. Keep people under his thumb. Is it Doom? That's Doctor Doom. Okay. Yeah. So I figured the scar tissue would. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, well, I was starting to think of people who had scars, and then, and then well, like everybody you, wants to rule the world. Well, all the villains want to rule the world. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll give you the other villain I have here too. Right. Actually. Okay. So, uh, first song, Money Talks, ACDC. Okay. Second song, Big Time by Peter Gabriel. Third song, Sharp Dressed Man, ZZ Top. Fourth song, Respect, by Aretha Franklin. And the fifth song, Empire State of Mind, Jay-Z. Oh, as Kingpin? Yeah. So there you go. So you, you figure, you're figuring it out. Like I was, um, yeah. Well, I was trying to think of somebody and I'm like, oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Big so, guy. Big guy. Yeah. All right. This next one, this one's a little tricky. You'll, if, you, if you get it, it's amazing. If not, you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. First, first one's Poker Face by Lady Gaga. Second song, You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth by Meatloaf. Third song, Hush by Deep Purple. Fourth song, Careless Whisper by George Michael. And the fifth song is Enjoy the Silence, Depeche Mode. Uh, Very serious face. Doesn't say a lot. Black Bolt. Yeah, there you go. No, no, no. Well, I was trying to think of a be quiet type. No, I was thinking was... careless whisper because he just says one thing wrong. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. that is a good one. Yeah. Careless whisper. And you took the words right out of my mouth. So I think you enjoy that. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. Black Bolt is the king of the Inhumans. And he, and he has the he, voice that can shatter worlds. You his, know? his superpower is he, if he speaks, it is like the sonic. Even if it's a whisper, it's like a sonic boom. If it's a careless whisper. A careless okay. whisper. But uh, Inhumans, when's that coming out? Uh, the fall. I know they're doing like the two yeah, episode the, the, premiere in IMAX. Yeah, the TV show's coming out this the, fall. Did you see the set photos? They actually showed them their outfits. It's yeah. a little weird. I, it I'm is hoping, a little weird. Like, I'm hoping but, in the, in, when they actually I, shoot it, it looks better. Like I like the guy that's playing Black Bolt looks cool, but I don't really like the way that Medusa looks. I don't I'm know. hoping it bugs that, me a little bit. <laughs> Her hair's weird, but I hope that they actually fix it. Her outfit's kind of weird. Yeah. And her outfit looks like the comic book outfit, but it's too bright. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, his is a little bit more like leathery, like CW. Yeah, his okay. looks like a motorcycle jacket outfit, yeah. like, like how Ghost Rider did in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. We'll see. And, yeah. So know. next one. Uh, it's a hero or a villain. This, this person's been, been both, right? So uh, first one is Sea Cruise. By Frankie Ford. Second one is Aqualung by Jethro Tull. So you're getting getting the feeling here. Is it Namor? Yes. Third one is Splish Splash. Fourth song is You're So Vain 
Because he just thinks he is the greatest. And then, and then the last one, it's good to be king by Tom Petty. So I figured that would be, there you go. All right. Uh, Waiting for Namor to make a comeback. I never liked Namor is, I mean, for all intent purposes, is the Aquaman of the, the Marvel Universe. Cause it's true. Can't stand Namor. Um, all right. So this is the other. Actually, you know, I lied. There's, um, no, there are two females. I'm sorry. So the, here, this is a female. Uh, first one, first song is Secret Smile by Semisonic. Second uh, song is Lion Eyes by the Eagles. Third song is I'm Blue by Eiffel 65. Is it Mystique? Yeah. And the fourth one's Changes. And then the fifth one is I'm Every Woman by Whitney Houston. <laughs> Figured that'd be I'm appropriate, right? <laughs> it's Mystique. She is yeah, every Mystique woman. is every woman right. and every man and every dog, animal, child. Right. All right. Uh, anything that's alive. Can she turn into animals? Um, I don't think so. I think it's just humans, like her no. humanoids. Um, third, uh, sorry. Next one is uh, number one song is uh, "Money" by Pink Floyd. Number two is "Party All the Time" by Eddie Murphy. Oh, is this Tony Stark? <laughs> yeah. Number three, she blinded me with science. Thomas Dolby. <laughs> number four, kickstart my heart. Motley Crue. And number five, Rocket Man. I just figured if we didn't those get are, to that point, those are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rocket Man. Okay, so we'll do the next one here. Uh, first one, Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan. It's Raining Men by the Weather Girls. Rock You Like a Hurricane by Scorpion. Walking on Sunshine, Katrina and the Waves. Is it Storm? Number five, Walk Like an Egyptian. It is Storm. You're oh, right. That's why, like, I just figured the Egyptian part would tip you off. She's not Egyptian. She's yeah, she was She was found in Cairo originally. I by thought Xavier. she was a South African. Oh, I don't know. But she was in Cairo when Xavier found her. Oh, so, okay. Uh, close enough, right? Wait, is that in the movie or in the comics? I think in the comics. We'll have to look um, it up. If you look up her Wikipedia page, it says Cairo and Queens. So I'm confused as to what actually, whatever. Those okay. are two different places. Um, okay. <laughs> Next one. Can't Drive 55 by Sammy Hagar. Burning for You, Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, is this Ghost Rider? God damn it. Blaze of Glory, John Bon Jovi, <laughs> Firestarter, The Prodigy, <laughs> and then Chains of Love by Erasure. Do you, these are good. Do you want these are pretty good. Do you want me to wait until you get to no, the end song? No, it's no, it's I thought that at first you were gonna be like I I, I was worried these might be no too hard. I don't well, know. Like, I the, think once I got into them, okay. like, you know, off the rip, like Spider Man, yeah, I didn't get yeah. you know, so I obviously didn't know Spider Man was in cosplay either, so <laughs> Apparently, all my Spider-Man cred is going out the window. All right, so I got um one more. Okay, so this last one, this one, this one might make you mad. All right, so make me mad. Make you mad. Uh, first song, "Invisible Touch" by Genesis. I'm on fire, Bruce Springsteen. I want to rock by Twisted Sister. Super scrawl. God damn it! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then here's the challenge, though, is um. <laughs> How do you, how do I find a song to describe Mr. Fantastic's powers? I couldn't. I, I was going to use Everlong by Foo Fighters. Oh yeah. And then the fifth one was going to be Everything to Everyone by Everclear. Because I figured that would make sense, you know, because he's yeah. everything to everyone. Um, so yeah, there's your your mixtapes for your characters here. I uh, this was this was took it, this took more thought than you could probably like. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> I've made a few games like this before where I'm just like, ah, oh, this was really good. I enjoyed this game. I like that. Uh, that like two songs in, you're like, I got it. I got it. I'm like. <laughs> Yep. All right. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm I'm glad that uh I don't know if I know my songs or my superheroes. No, but I wanted probably to, my superheroes. I wanted to tell everybody the songs I picked because at least I wrote them out, you know. So yeah, there's no, my no. there's my yeah. mixtapes. Um I don't know if I'll ever do this game again because it's like I really had to, the scramble to think of like songs. Names. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do it again later. This was I'm fun. sure if you I'm sure if you had an idea of a word 
You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. fire. You could just type in songs with fire. Yeah, but I didn't want to do that and pick songs I didn't know. Like I didn't want because oh. I was trying to make yeah, this. Yeah, well, there's a lot of songs out there if you pick the right words. Well, it, that's true, but I was trying to find things that like one that I knew and then two that I had a pretty good idea you knew, you yeah. know, because I yeah. know some of this, some of our music tastes are, right. you know. Yeah, anyway, so I figured you appreciate the mixtapes. That was so, good. All right, so next week we're going to talk about Injustice. Uh, like social injustice? No, the the, the DC <laughs> social injustice, <laughs> the DC fighting game injustice because the second one comes out uh, next week. So we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah, and so that's going to do it for for us this week. Again, please follow us on our Facebook page. It's Invasion of the Podcast, invasionofthepodcast dot com, uh, and then our Patreon, which is patreon dot com slash invasion of the podcast. Um, I'm also going to push uh, when tomorrow which would be may 11th so we'll see when i get the show up or not um may 11th is twilight zone day i don't know why people pick that day but it's twilight zone day i don't know and i'm releasing the newest episode of strange highways on may 11th makes sense which we talked about the after hours which is the one with um the mannequins and the store the the department store i don't know if you know which one i'm talking about like that that show today special Yes, it's like the movie Mannequin, but in black and white, and with no Jefferson Starship with the song. Uh, So it's exactly like that. So check that out. If you guys want to celebrate Twilight Zone Day, check Mm. out the other show I do. So that would be great. Um, That's going to do it for us this week. Oh, uh, I know this is like down the end end of the road at the end of May, but the Rickmobile will be in Cleveland at Carol and John's Comic Shop on May 30th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's a Tuesday. We will post a link up on our Facebook page, but um, Adult Swim is celebrating or kicking off Season 3 of Rick and Morty with the Rickmobile traveling across the country. This is the only stop in Ohio. It happens to be at Carol and John's. And it happens to be at Carol and John's. Yeah. So we're going to get a riggedy, riggedy, riggedy wrecked and uh, go over there. And um, I don't know. If they have tiny Rick stuff, I'll be have to. I might have oh, to I'm buy sure it. I'll buy some stuff. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be like a, it's a giant mobile store, mobile store truck. And it looks like Rick, like crouched down kind of. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be really weird. Um, but uh, it's going to be a mobile store, and it's going to be parked in Cam's corner. So, like when I saw the image, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, just a fake image to show that they're traveling the country. And then I, when I realized it's an actual truck that looks like Rick, that made me really happy. So, yeah. but yeah, that's um, yeah, that's in about two and a half weeks. So remember, guys, it's a Tuesday, uh, May May thirtieth, um, and then go get your Rick on. So, all right. Anyway, uh, next week in justice. Uh, for now, we're gonna go watch Guardians of the Galaxy again and be happy, sad.